first, a message from our sponsor. Hi, this is Input Output, and I'm your host, Mark Yarm. Today on the Input Output Podcast, we've got stories about some of the awesome new tech devices for your holiday wish list. The Mac has always been about innovation and bold change. In June, we announced that the Mac is taking another huge leap forward by transitioning to Apple Silicon. And we promised that the first Mac with Apple Silicon would arrive by the end of this year. Well, that day is here. Apple has released a new MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, and Mac Mini, and none of them have Intel processors inside. Instead, they're powered by Apple's own M1 chip, part of a previously announced move away from processors made by Intel. InputMag.com senior reviews editor Ray Wong and Card Stories editor James Pirro recently took a look at the new machines. Here's James reading an excerpt from their piece. Why is Apple ditching Intel? Simple. Vertical integration. Apple has long tied of the secret to its success is that it makes the whole widget. As Steve Jobs famously said, that is, it designs the hardware and software together. Until now, Apple has designed the aesthetic of MacBooks and relied on third-party companies like Intel and AMD to supply the processors and graphics chips. Welcome to the show, James. Good to be here, Mark. So Apple recently had yet another event in which they introduced their new MacBooks and the Mac Mini, and none of them have Intel processors. Why is this such a big deal? It's a big deal for Apple and actually consumers too. But on the Apple side, it is, like I mentioned before in the excerpt, vertically integrated. So they just have greater control over their products, and it actually imbues these new products, the MacBooks and also the iPads with better performance. One of the areas that is surprisingly benefited is battery performance. Compared to the new MacBooks, the new MacBook Pros, the 2020s, compared to the prior models have almost doubled the battery life on video playback. That's 18 hours of video playback on the MacBook Air. That's 20 hours of video playback on the uh, MacBook Pro. So really, it's a win-win for Apple and for consumers as well. And so what does this mean as far as, I mean, it'll now have the same chips as, as you point out, the iPhone and the iPad. And what does that do as far as the Apple family of products goes? Well, that's another big benefit as well, is that there's greater crossover between iOS and macOS. So on the surface, you might wonder why that would be a big deal, but then you consider a lot of the iOS apps are just great. They're great. They're so good that we want to use them on products other than the iPhone. And with this, that means that you can do that. So these new MacBook products and uh, Mac mini are coming out as we speak, but this shift away from Intel is going to take a couple of years. Yeah. The transition is not going to be immediate. By 2022, Apple said that pretty much they'll have made the full transition from Intel to these ARM-based M1 chips. You can follow James on Twitter at James T. Pirro. Now on to today's second story. Now, a message from our sponsor. This is Nest Audio from Google. It's a smart speaker that will fill any room with amazing sound. Hey Google, play my 70s playlist. You can also connect two for stereo sound. 
Did I mention you can move music from room to room? The Nest audio speaker will blow your mind, according to InputMag.com Senior Reviews Editor Ray Wong. Ray reviewed Google's newest assistant-powered smart speaker and found the sound to be excellent at all volume levels. Here he is reading an excerpt from his article. The Nest Audio has a new design. The air freshener aesthetic and swappable bases are gone. Instead, the Nest Audio resembles a mini pillow. Chris Chan, a product manager for the Nest Audio, tells Input they wanted a more organic shape, inspired by the products and materials in the rooms the speaker would live in. Welcome back to the show, Ray. Hey, uh, good to be back. So you seem to like this Nest Audio speaker quite a lot. I do indeed. Yeah, I mean, I've tested a ton of smart speakers over the last couple of years. I was one of the first people to test the Amazon Echo. That was like 2015, early 2015. And, you know, Google's released their version. Apple's got the HomePod. There's so many versions of the smart speaker. And honestly, this is a nice evolutionary product from Google. So, yes, tell me about that. How is it improved upon past iterations. So the original Google Home launched in 2016, and it was kind of the vessel for the Google Assistant. So that was Google's big rival and competitor to the Amazon Echo. That was a very small looking device, and it didn't have very powerful sound. It was good for, you know, listening to your voice and picking up your voice from across the room, but just not very good in terms of like sound quality. So if you're listening to music, it just sound very middle of the road. The Nest Audio is like built completely from the ground up. It really focuses on like really good sound at all volume levels. So like sometimes when you crank up the sound on a speaker to the highest volume, the sound just gets really muddy, gets really tinny, the bass is distorted. And it seems like Nest really want to like elevate the sound this time. And so even at low volumes and even at very high volumes, the sound is very balanced. It's very rich. The bass is really full. As a result, you'll get better balanced sound and, you know, better sound across the different frequencies, the mids, the highs, and the lows. And the bass is just really good for a speaker of this compact size. Yeah, you did something really cool. I encourage everyone to go to InputMag.com and check out Ray's review. It's a card story, which is a specialty of inputs. And you did an audio comparison between the Nest Audio the Nest Mini, and the retired Google Home. Can you tell us a little bit about the testing process and what you found? So I really want that review to reflect and showcase the different sound qualities of the different smart speakers at different levels. So, you know, you got your Nest Mini, which is like 50 bucks. And then you've got your Google Home, which was last gen, and that was like originally 130 bucks. And then you have your Nest Audio, which is $100. And the difference between all three speakers is pretty profound. You'll definitely hear the bass is stronger and richer on the Nest Audio. And you'll hear how tinny and weak the Nest Mini is. And, you know, you'll also hear the difference between the previous Google Home and the new Nest Audio. And I think that'll inform whether you actually need this product or even want this product. So yeah, that brings up a question. Who is the ideal consumer for the Nest Audio? That's a kind of a tricky question. So I'll, I'll try to answer it the best way possible. If you already have like a Alexa or Echo ecosystem of products, I think this is probably not a device that you want because they're not really compatible. Alexa and Google Assistant are kind of like rivals. If you have a Nest Mini or a Google Home Mini, that was like kind of the previous gen little mini, you'll definitely hear a sound difference. So I think if you're going up from the $50 Nest Mini, this is a big sound upgrade. 
And if you have a Google Home, it really depends on whether you really want to appreciate your music. You know, do you want that extra sound quality? Do you need the extra oomph in your bass? If not, then, you know, the differences are very, very slim because, you know, the Google Assistant works great on all devices. They're all really quick. They're all really intelligent. They all do the exact same things. So really, the Nest Audio comes down to sound quality. And that's not necessarily the same for everyone. So it's really a personal preference. Go to our site, check out the review, listen to the sound difference, and hopefully you'll be able to decide on your own. You can follow Ray on Twitter at Ray Wangi, and I am at Mark Yarm. For more news from the world of technology and culture, visit InputMag.com. You can click on the links in the show notes for the stories we discussed today. New episodes of Input Output are released three times a week. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. You can find Input Output on your smart speaker or whichever podcast app you use. Thanks for listening.